Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 414. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful entrepreneurs. Join John Lee Dumas and today's Entrepreneur on Fire. Stream audio of all your favorite books on audiobooks.com using your smartphone, tablet, or PC. And guess what? You can get your first book for free today. Go to audiobooks.com slash fire. Our mission at Walker Corporate Law is to protect entrepreneurs and to help them succeed. If you're looking to skip the huge law firm but still ensure you're protected, then contact the founder of Walker Corporate Law directly, scott at walkercorporatelaw.com. Okay, Fire Nation, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, John Maddox. John, are you prepared to ignite? I am definitely prepared to ignite. Making a difference is uh, what I want to do with my life. All right. John is a tech startup investor trying to bridge the gap between the tech startup idea stage and gaining investment with his new company, Serious Startups, a combination between an interactive agency and an investment company. Given Fire Nation just a little overview, John, so take a minute. Tell us about you personally. We want to get to know you. Then give us an overview of your business. Well, John, I want to thank you so much for uh, having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Yes. Uh, I was pretty excited to learn all about you guys uh, about a month and a half ago. And uh, Josh actually sent me over to um, see if I could get on your show. And I really, really appreciate you having me. Awesome. Um, I've, I've been a, a serial entrepreneur. Um, had several companies, been really um, heavily focused in the technology world, um, tech startup stage, uh, mobile applications, web apps, uh, things of that nature. And uh, I sold my last company earlier this year, uh, which was a traditional um, interactive agency, and I really decided that I wanted to uh, solve a problem that I'd seen on the vendor side, uh, people with really interesting concepts that I thought I thought had uh, market viability, uh, but they didn't have enough money to pull it off. And after them trying to raise all of this investment capital and getting turned around and said, hey, come back to me with a prototype, um, people with the ideas were always calling me back if they thought I'd liked their idea. And uh, trying to convince me to take on their concept for an equity <laughs> position um, instead of them having to raise capital. Well, at the time I had, you know, we were averaging, you know, fifty to sixty uh, paying clients at a time. And uh, from a business ethics perspective, it's not a, a smart move to, uh, hey, we'll do your idea for an equity stake and ignore uh, people paying bunch of money, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars um, right. for your services. Uh, you kind of line yourself up for lawsuits if you go down that road. And um, uh, I believe in doing good business and, and not that. So um, anyway, long story short, I decided that uh, I can look at short-term profit um, on the traditional vendor side, or I can look at the long-term ROI um, from, you know, helping some of these ideas uh, come to fruition, not just from a um, pure development standpoint, but also in the marketing logic, um, launch strategy, customer acquisition, uh, things of that nature, and then like and bridging that gap between idea stage and actually being able to raise serious um, serious startup capital. No pun intended on the on the name there um, <laughs> <laughs> is what led me to the my, my new venture, which is Serious Startups. Um, the whole point of that aggregate aggregated together a team of designers, developers, marketing strategists, PR folks, uh, videographers, um, and basically people um, send their idea to us. We talk to them about it. We find the ones we really like. And then instead of you having to come up with a whole bunch of money, um, we develop it out from top to bottom, from branding all the way through uh, launch for an equity position um, instead of you having to have a bunch of upfront capital. That's kind of the, that's the long and short of it. Trying to, to bridge the gap, like I said, between idea and actually turning the idea into reality. 
And this is all taking place in the, and let me quote Google here, the Silicon Valley of the Southeast. That's right. That's right. Nashville, Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that uh, we're actually kind of a, a tech hotbed over here. I, I appreciate Google dubbing us um, that, even though uh, from a geographic standpoint, we're on a plateau. So I would like to be <laughs> geographic. <laughs> but uh, that aside, I, I like it. Google's actually opening a new office down here. Um, we got dubbed uh, one of the top seven tech hotspots uh, of the U.S. It's, uh, it's been pretty fun uh, to be down here and, and, and watch this grow. And you have great music to enjoy in the evenings. I love it. We do. We do. Uh, being Music City uh, USA is kind of uh, kind of beneficial as well. <laughs> so, John, we're going to dive way more into serious startups, into your overall entrepreneurial mindset later on in this interview. But before we really do, I want to start with a success quote because we really like to get this motivational ball rolling here at Entrepreneur on Fire. So take it away. Well, I'm going to have to go with the uh, the great Davy Crockett, who once said, be sure you're right, and then go ahead. Um, obviously, he did it with uh, things that ended up costing him, him his life um, <laughs> in, a couple, in one instance. but um, The Alamo? The, yeah, in the Alamo, yeah, which a lot of people don't realize. He was actually a, uh, a congressman at the time when he made that decision to leave, uh, leave Congress and go uh, – shed his blood at the Alamo, but that's a obviously a different historical context. But um, in, in relation to entrepreneurship, I think a lot of folks um, have they're sitting on really great ideas. There's this uh, slight fear of uh, of making that move because people are telling you that you're wrong, or hey, that's a great idea, but you can't do that right now, or that's too risky. And that's true in a lot of instances, but. Being an entrepreneur is that ability to uh, step beyond that fear and take your idea into into reality and, and be unwilling to face potential failure. And, you know, that's business is educated gambling and being smart and lever, leveraging your intellect and your knowledge of your fellow humans to, to do something, do something great, whether it comes to leadership or any other decision you're going to make. But um, at the end of the day, if you think you're right, it's a smart move to uh, go ahead and pull the trigger because uh, all you can do is look back and have 2020 hindsight at the end of the day. Love that, John. Now, before we move on to the next segment, just give us a real quick example of a time in your entrepreneurial journey where you actually applied this mantra. My last company, uh, 10 Fast Feed, the interactive agency, um, I met my partner in that um, right around the time that I had uh, just found out that I was about to have my daughter. And I was faced with, uh, I literally had a, a six-figure job offer on, on one side and a decision to go off and um, you know, try and leverage this, um, this new business I was getting started right when I found out that I was about to have a child. And the, I, was, I was sure that I would be able to pull it off and turn it into a successful company. But when you're faced with, wow, I've got a kid on the way, you've got uh, hospital bills coming and, uh, and all the responsibility that comes with uh, you know, being a father, uh, you have to make sure that you're right, um, you know, going the riskier route versus the, the safer route. And uh, I'm glad that I did, but it was, uh, I would definitely say that was a, a big moment um, in life. And I'll, I'll never forget sitting there having moments of contemplation of, hmm, should I take this job or should I go ahead and, uh, and make this move and, and keep going down the entrepreneurial path uh, while being faced with uh, you know, a pregnancy <laughs> coming, down the, coming down the pike. You know, it's so fascinating that you bring this up. And it's one thing that I've talked about over the last month or two on Entrepreneur on Fire and also on a few other shows that I've been interviewed on. 
And that's the baby effect. And it seems like there always seems to be a baby involved in one way or the other with so many entrepreneurs. And it's really fascinating to see how that affects the choices that they make, the risks they're willing to take, and really even most mostly so, how hard they're willing to work and put themselves out there. Because once you have that baby on the line, once you have that actual human that's counting on you to support them, things change. The game changes and it changed for you, John, and I'm sure it's changed more than just one time. And we are going to dive even more into that. But before we do, John, I really want to talk about a time in your life when you failed or you faced a massive challenge or an obstacle that you really had to dig deep to overcome. And I know because we talked in the pre-interview that this is a pretty powerful moment. So feel like you can really take your time, build the story around it, and then share it with Fire Nation. Well, I'd say the biggest uh, moment of demarcation in my life was on uh, March 6th. Well, really March 8th, but to start on March 6th of this year. Um, and first, I, how old are you, John? I am 29. Okay. March 6th, I found out that I was having a massive brain hemorrhage. Um, and uh, on Valentine's Day, I was sitting in my office uh, having a conversation with a client of mine who happens to be a billionaire. And uh, we were talking business and I was uh, closing them on another deal. And, uh, apparently I fell out of my chair and had a massive seizure um, sitting in my office with a rather rich gentleman who literally saved my life. And uh, anyway, doctor or ambulance was called. I was taken to the hospital. They uh, I woke up, they checked me out, let me go, said everything was fine. You've, wor- you've been working yourself too hard. You need to, uh, you know, relax a little bit. Well, uh, this is Valentine's Day. So anyway, uh, over the next <clears throat> couple of weeks, I had a physical. Everything came back 100% golden. You're totally fine. My doctor says, well, just to make sure, everything looks good, but just to make sure, why don't you go have a CAT scan done just to make sure that you're all right? And I said, oh, okay, fine. Uh, so anyway, March 6th, I went and had a CAT scan, and I'm uh, driving myself back uh, from where I had the test done to my office, which is literally about two miles away. I hadn't even made it back to my office. My phone rings, and uh, it was the... Uh, the medical folks saying, uh, Mr. Maddox, what are you, what are you doing right now? Uh, I said, ah, well, I just left you guys. I'm driving back to my office. What's up? Uh, they said, oh, uh, well, you're having a massive brain hemorrhage. Are you okay? <laughs> I said, what? well, I'm driving myself back to my office. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm fine. And they're like, oh, you can drive? <laughs> I said, yes, for the third time I'm driving. And they said, oh, well, turn around and drive yourself to the hospital right now. I said, oh, oh. Okay. Uh, so I turned myself around, drove, drove to the hospital and walked in and said, hi, I'm John Maddox. And they said, oh, right this way. And uh, put me- put I'm me John wheels. Maddox. I'm having a brain hemorrhage. <laughs> right. Uh, they put me in a wheelchair, stuck me in ICU instantaneously, wouldn't let me out of bed. And um, anyway, neurologists, neurosurgeons come in and are telling me, oh, you're having a you know brain hemorrhage and you know start talking to me, asking me all these questions and whatnot. And they leave, the ones that are assigned to me leave and more come in. They're all asking me all these, these questions and um, whatnot. And anyway, after like the fourth one, I finally said, uh, hey, not to, be, uh, not to be rude or anything, but am I getting billed for your time too? Because I don't think you're the one assigned to me. And uh, the neurosurgeon kind of looked at me and he's like, oh, no, no, Mr. Medics, not at all. Uh, I'm, we're in here because we can't believe that you're alive. And I said, oh, oh, do tell. And, uh, anyway, so he pulls my, uh, I had an MRI at this point. He pulls my, pulls it up on the, uh, on the screen in the ICU room and says, you see the, see this giant glow right here? I said, yeah. So that's your brain hemorrhage. And as big as yours is, you should have dropped dead instantaneously. I said, oh, okay. Well, fair enough. And he said, the other thing that we're coming in here for is you're carrying on a high level conversation with us. And where the majority of your hemorrhage is, is where verbal communication happens in your brain. 
So you shouldn't be able to talk right now, let alone be alive. And that moment uh, was a moment of demarcation in my life where I realized that I had uh, been given a second opportunity uh, to walk this earth. And it made me realize that I needed to go on a different path. And so it was a moment of failure in terms of uh, health and uh, feeling immortal. Uh, but at the same time, it was a great uh, moment of, of demarcation where it was, oh, well, you're doing great down this path, but maybe it's time to make a, a paradigm shift in your, uh, in your purpose in life and, uh, and go down a different one. Not to go too far down a medical path, but what does happen when you have a brain hemorrhage and they catch the fact that you do have a brain hemorrhage? What steps do you take after that discovery? Well, there's quite a few different things that can be done. In cases like mine where it was so huge, it was uh, have surgery or die. Um, the uh, March 8th, uh, 8 o'clock in the morning, I was on a uh, operating table um, having surgery to uh, remove the – I had what was called a cavernous malformation, which is a group of uh, weak blood vessels that you're 0.05% of people are randomly born with. It's not genetic. It's completely random. And um, they were able to remove it, and I'm, uh, I'm fine. They uh, saved my life. End up having uh, – I've got a rather large scar that you can't see anymore. I had great surgery, but uh, uh, 27 staples in the side of my head, all that fun stuff. But uh, that, that was it. They, they fixed me, and then uh, I was under orders from the doctors for, <laughs> for several months. Do not allow your blood pressure to go up. Don't walk too fast. <laughs> uh, so I, I literally went from uh, going 100,000 miles an hour uh, running a successful business to uh, – Literally, don't walk so fa- walk too fast, or you'll you'll die while you're healing. Wow! And, uh, so it was it was a moment of uh, I had to force myself to be very zen and uh, not allow myself to get worked up over anything, and just be very analytical and and think things through, and uh, which really drove me in the direction that I'm heading now. And what's that river that runs through Nashville? Oh, the Cumberland River. Just go to the top of the plateau in Nashville and watch the river just flow gently by. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's uh I definitely listened to some good music while I was uh while I was in recovery, that's for sure. So, John, let's fast forward all the way from March 8th to March 9th. And let's talk now about the new John Maddox because you had this line that was now drawn in the sand and you said, "Wow, I have been given a second chance to walk this earth. I need to change things. I am 29 years old. I'm going to be start I'm going to start doing things in a different way." What exactly did that mean in the real world? Well, I had been trying to convince my um, my business partner at the time that we needed to. Uh, we had a bunch of retainer clients that covered overhead plus profit. Um, you know, we were doing doing well. Um, I really, I'd been trying to convince him for us to uh, stop looking at short term profit and look more at the long term ROI potential of leveraging all the talent that we had in our company uh, to start taking on these ideas for equity positions and really helping them grow. You know, we were being hired by companies to grow their startup. It would make sense to leverage that same knowledge and, and talent pool uh, for things that we had vested interest in. Um, so directly, directly answer your question. Um, while I was, uh, I was laying in, in the hospital, this is actually before my surgery, but uh, from March 9th on has always been my, my driving force was uh, I'm going to make that decision. And, whether we agree or not, it's the direction I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go down. We live in a society and a world of, of limited opportunity. Uh, it's starting to to shrink, in my opinion. And there's so many folks with great ideas out there that just need somebody who also shares that entrepreneurial fire and 
the, the passion and really wants to help them be successful, not just from a pure monetary sense standpoint, but also from the uh, having, having that passion of having been down the hard roads um, on several occasions um, and knowing what it takes to be successful and rise to the occasion and uh, overcome objection and um, obstacles and in business and life in general, but uh, help share some of that knowledge um, with people with great ideas as well and help them be successful. It's always been a, it's always been something that I've been passionate about, but I was so focused on building my, my company that I wasn't, and it was being successful. I didn't have the time to help out other people with, with great concepts and, and business ideas. And that's what made me shift and say, you know what? You only have uh, one opportunity in life. If I feel this is the direction I'm supposed to go down, then I'm going to, I'm going to seize it and, and go down it and let the chips fall where they may. So John, you did choose that opportunity and you went down that path. Can you share with us one of your favorite stories that have happened since you've gone down that path with a tech startup that you've worked with only as a result of making this life decision? Yes, absolutely. The, uh, <clears throat> so in the, the held our first event um, in October, we had a bunch of people with um, ideas come in and present them to myself and, and the team. Um, we've taken on uh, two since then. Um, one focused in the construction industry, one in the music industry, actually. Uh, we're look, looking at taking on three more. Uh, they'll be announced probably another week or so. Um, but in, in terms of the uh, a direct story of this case, one, which really cracks me up, it's called Job Clocker. Uh, it's one in the construction industry. It was actually a gentleman that uh, I had worked with as a client um, about a year and a half prior. And when he found out what I was wanting to do with serious startups, he picked up the phone and called me and said, hey, John, um, I want you to come join. Uh, I want you to take an equity position in my company. I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> You've already been my client. You've already paid a bunch of money. He's like, I know, but I don't have the tools and the team that you have in place. Um, I want you to be a part of it. And I said, oh, all right, well, I, I believe in your idea back then. I believe in it now. Let's, let's do it. And uh, anyway, since then we've, um, we've completely revamped uh, some additional uh, functionality pieces and <clears throat> I've actually been being reached out to um, by some pretty major uh, construction companies around the country that um, we've done some basic marketing and have different um, you know business development strategies <clears throat> excuse me and I've actually had multiple very large companies reach out and say hey can we become customers and that all happened in about a 30-day period of uh, him picking up the phone and calling me to uh, where we are today um, and it's already starting to grow and, and become successful. Wow. So, John, have you had an I've made a moment? No. <laughs> no. The, uh, that's probably not what most people say, but... Um, um, you'd be surprised. I'd say it's about a 50-50. I've had moments where I've known... Uh, it has temporarily felt like the I've made it moment, and then uh, suddenly you realize... I, I kind of equate this to uh, climbing a mountain. Um, if you're in the middle of a snowstorm climbing this mountain, you get up to a... Um, a sub peak, not the the absolute peak. You think that you're uh, you're at the, on top, and then you suddenly realize, oh man, <laughs> I got another hundred yards to go to get up to the top. And then it seems like <laughs> these uh, additional peaks continue to magically appear above you every time you go up uh, go up there. So I'd say moments of you know felt like success and comf- being comfortable and things like that. Yes, absolutely. But uh, I think that's one of those elements of uh, of being an entrepreneur is you have to realize that you're not always on the top, and there's always something 
better out there for you, not from a, a greed standpoint and, hey, I was going to keep going up the top and you know stand on top of somebody else. But it's there's always something better you can do as your life develops and um, things come up. For, for me, the, the, the biggest element for myself of what will be the I, at least right this second, what I would view as a uh, I've made it moment for me, at least my goal is to be at that stage where I can look back and say, hey, I've helped X number of people and make their dreams become real and then become successful. Because at the end of the day, for me, it's all about us not having to trade our time for money. That's what it boils down to for me um, at the end of the day is can we reach that goal? Um, we can still leverage our time for money if we want, or we can give away our time um, and we still be happy about it. Well, I love that analogy, John, for a number of reasons. For the first one is I actually trekked the Himalayas out in Nepal and Annapurna specifically. And I know exactly what you're talking about on a literal perspective of every time you climb that one more peak and you think you're done, there's another one right behind it. And man, I thought that I was never going to end. It was like a 12-day trek. But then figuratively, bringing it back to the entrepreneurial world, I can so clearly remember saying, oh, if I can just reach this many downloads per day, I will be happy. And then whenever I get there, I'm already thinking about that next level. And it's like these peaks just magically appear in front of me in the figurative entrepreneurial sense. So I resonate with that. I know Fire Nation resonates with that on what they're doing and with their businesses. And this is a great time to bring us forward, John, to present day, to right now, because you have a lot of exciting things going on at Serious Startups, but I want you to just share one, one thing that's just really lighting your fire today. I say the thing that's lighting my fire the most is that um, the way I've structured the, the business um, is taking off. Um, I had a lot of, uh, both on the entrepreneur, uh, idea side and the invest, potential investor side, people tell me there's no way that anybody's going to want to uh, submit their idea f- to you to take on for equity positions. That's not just how, that's not how it's done. You go hire a vendor or you go raise capital and then hire a vendor. People aren't going to want to um, bring you on as a, um, as an equity uh, shareholder. And I said, I disagree. I think that- uh, Respectfully, fact, I disagree. Yes. The, uh, because, because the way my model set up is- um, you don't have to come up with upfront money. You submit the idea, we review it, there's a fee. Um, and if we like it, we, we're, we're going to tackle it and, and, and take it on. And we limit the number of people that can submit their concepts. We're actually given a real value proposition uh, to people by talking to them on, from a professional level, not just a, hey, come ask us for money. This is a, hey, let's talk about your concept and find out if it's real or not, or something that's viable. Um, but anyway, long story short, to, not to go off on a, a diatribe there, but um, the event we held in October, we had 37 people sign up for it. Um, I was being told by everybody and their uh, and their brother that, uh, oh, you'll be lucky if you get three or four people that want to sign up for this. And I said, oh, I doubt that. I think that because uh, I'm really trying to tra- change the game itself in the way that um, people with good tech startup ideas uh, progress. I'm really trying to switch the switch the element up and. Thankfully, it uh, seemed to be working out the way I anticipated, uh, at least so far, and I'm looking forward to continuing on um, down this path and you know, hopefully bridging, bridging that, that gap between idea stage and uh, being able to get the either success or have something viable to uh, gain the you know, larger scale investment. Fire Nation, I really want you to take a few things away from here. It's 
that you should be zigging when other people are zagging. You should be looking for that blue ocean when everybody is just floating in that red ocean. For me with Entrepreneur on Fire, I was told by so many people, nobody will listen to a seven-day-a-week podcast. John, you will burn out doing a seven-day-a-week podcast. And John, here we are. You're my 414th episode, and I am still growing strong. And there you are being told that there's only going to be three or four people signing up for your serious startups events. And 37 was the reality because you knew in your gut what was out there. You put your blinders on and you focus and you made it happen. So Fire Nation, mentors, masterminds, peers, they're so important to listen to and to get great intel from. But when it really boils down to it, listen to your gut, put your blinders on and go after what you want. And I was able to create it. John was able to create it. There are countless other entrepreneurs who have done so in the face of adversity. So don't let that stop you. And John, we're going to take a second here to thank our sponsors. Not sure where to turn for your company's legal matters? As an entrepreneur or startup, you're probably on a pretty tight budget, but that doesn't mean you should skip out on legal services. At Walker Corporate Law, a boutique corporate law firm specializing in the representation of entrepreneurs and startups, they actually encourage fixed fees. Why? Because they believe that billable hours reward inefficiency, and that's not what they're about. Walker Corporate Law offers packages like the all-you-can-eat startup package at just $2,900. The mission at Walker Corporate Law? To protect entrepreneurs and help them succeed. With a group of lawyers who all have at least 10 to 25 years of experience, you can rest assured that they'll do both. If you're looking to make a connection with a corporate law firm who cares about each and every one of their clients and their clients' businesses, then contact the founder directly, scott at walkercorporatelaw.com today. You probably heard me say more than once on Entrepreneur on Fire that the best thing you can do right now is just start. Just start listening, that is. Right now, audiobooks.com is offering Fire Nation your first book for free. No strings attached. Audiobooks.com offers a great selection of titles. In fact, their entire library holds over 40,000 titles. You can find great business reads to keep you motivated and focused like Crush It and Utility. And the major benefit of listening to audiobooks is that you can take them anywhere you go. All you have to do is download them to the audiobooks.com app on your Apple or Android device for offline listening. If you check out audiobooks.com and like what you see, they also offer some amazing membership benefits like one audiobook per month plus 33% off each additional title you listen to. So head on over and sign up to get your first book for free today at audiobooks.com slash fire. This is just a great segue to what my favorite part of the interview is, and that's the lightning rounds. This is where I get to ask you a series of questions and you come back at us Fire Nation style with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? I don't know if it can be mind-blowing, but I'll do my best. (laughs) What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? The same fire I had before my surgery. That was the the greatest thing that held me back, at least temporarily, was, uh, will I have what it takes again um, after I recover? What is the best advice you've ever received? best advice I've received was from uh, Cade Havard. Um, He has a whole bunch of Cadeisms, they're called. And uh, he said his driving passion and and business way focused was, uh, I don't want to do what you do better. I want to do what you never thought about doing. And 
I've really tried to make that a, a focus of my life, understanding human psychology as much as possible, and then figuring out a better mousetrap. That's, that's what I set out to do. And that's um, that passion really sparked from, uh, from Kate Havertz sitting in my office and giving me that advice. John, can you share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success? My ability to connect with people. Um, I look at everything that I do from a business standpoint and a, and a personal standpoint of how can I impact those around me um, in a good way and how can I help th- that person's concepts or thought processes become become true um, and also at the same time be willing to tell them the truth, um, at least as I see it, and not just say what people want to hear. And I found that in business and to a lesser extent in, in, in the personal side, but in business specifically, um, especially when you're doing uh, mostly B2B um, development, uh, your fellow entrepreneurs want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear what you think they want to hear, and uh, they'll respect you for it at the end of the day. John, do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners? Uh, I'd say my favorite right now is uh, <clears throat> moz.com, uh, formerly SEO Moz. Uh, for any of those of you that are now involved in internet marketing, search optimization, things of that nature, you're probably very aware of the uh, rather large changes that have happened in the last uh, 18 months with Google and, and what goes into search optimization and um, the tools they have and the community aspect uh, that's there for you to gain all sorts of knowledge from people, um, I think is extraordinarily, extraordinarily valuable and even more valuable these days with the plethora of changes to the algorithm that Google's been doing. Huge. And we were fortunate to have Rand Fishkin himself on Entrepreneur on Fire way back in the day. And even before they branded to Moz from SEO Moz and just an incredible guy, an incredible company. And it is one of the few SEO websites that I can go back to on a weekly basis and really enjoy the content. And Fire Nation, you can find the links to this resource and everything that we've mentioned in today's episode by going to eofire.com slash John Maddox. John, if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? It would be Blink from uh, Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, it's not really a business-related book necessarily, but it's all about decision-making processes. And uh, I don't know if you're, if you're familiar with that, but the whole and the Very. whole concept of, of thin slicing in decisions. But uh, basically, your subconscious uh, processes things faster than your conscious mind. And uh, in business, especially now in the information age, uh, your need to be able to make quick pivot, quick pivots in decision-making processes and and go with your gut instinct, so to speak, uh, has become even more important. Not that you should not do research and uh, <laughs> make sure that you're correct. But uh, when the math and the studies show that you're right, I think it's 92% of the time your gut instinct is correct. Um, as a society, we've been conditioned to prove ourselves wrong or prove our gut instinct wrong rather than it being the direct path to go. So I recommend that book to you know look at all the math and just be laid out to you in a very understandable way, um, but also as a way to give yourself as an entrepreneur that, uh, that spark in the decision-making process, which is vital to success in my opinion. See, Fire Nation, I told you, follow your gut. <laughs> and Fire Nation, I know you love audio. And if you want the audio version of this book for free and you haven't already, go to eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. So, John, I want you to focus on this next question because, boy, is it a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, 
but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and five hundo. What would you do in the next seven days? I'd say the first thing I'd do is build myself a website. <laughs> that'd be that'd be one. I'd build a website uh, on my laptop, and then with uh, my five hundred bucks, I'd probably uh, do a combo of email blast and uh, AdWords campaign going after um, businesses that needed uh, advice or production in the uh, interactive space. Probably be the the fastest way thing I could do to uh, to make money and um, get a leg up, and then keep rocking and rolling. Love it. Well, John, I have truly enjoyed hearing your journey from your near-death experience to drawing a line in the sand and saying, no more. My life is my life, and I'm leading it my way. That's inspiring to me, and I know it's inspiring to Fire Nation. So leave us with one parting piece of guidance. Share the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. In terms of guidance, I'd say it's always uh, don't be afraid to live your dreams. Push the envelope and uh, light the fire. Uh, again, no pun intended, but uh, <laughs> light, light the fire and, and keep going. Don't be afraid uh, of, of success. You only have one life to live. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, uh, best way would be uh, you email me, john at com. Visit seriousstartups.com. Uh, we're also getting ready to uh, run a Indiegogo campaign to yeah. uh, raise additional capital. Uh, all the money that would be raised goes to be going towards uh, launching the uh, different startups that we've taken on and we're already building out, either already done or in the process of building out. Um, that's where that, those funds go. So if you want to help us out on that side, that'd be great. Um, you can also find us at uh, Serious Startups on Twitter and uh, those would be the best ways to get hold of us um, or don't hesitate to give us a buzz. Phone number's on the website. Well, John, Fire Nation is well aware. They can find the links to everything that we've mentioned in today's episode by going to eofire.com. They can click on that podcast tab because you are hanging out in the archives or just type in the word John, J-O-H-N, into the search bar and his show notes page will pop right up. John, thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise, your experience. Fire Nation salutes you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I felt honored. Fire Nation, are you an aspiring or new entrepreneur who's looking for a community of like-minded individuals who can offer support, tools, resources, and advice as you start your entrepreneurial journey? Fire Nation Elite is here to provide you with just that. 100% support, 100% of the time. Visit FireNationElite.com to fill out your application and schedule a 15-minute one-on-one chat with me today. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite. 